Hello and welcome to Heart Yoga Radio. We're having another walk through the Welsh Hills today. It's very hot and sunny, which is really, really nice. And we're just looking over the sea right now. So today we thought we'd do one of our interesting times, things that <laughs> times, again, are very interesting. So my question for today, is Boris Johnson going to be brought down by his own sofa with soft furnishings bringing up a close second? <laughs> or is it going to be the massive COVID death toll? Or a combination of both? Or is he going to wriggle out of all of it yet again? <laughs> Let's hope not. I know which side I'm cheering for. <laughs> well, there would be a considerable schadenfreude. <laughs> yes, there would. <laughs> uh, to, to enjoy, uh, should he come a cropper. Uh, though I don't think that in itself would be a fundamental change. I would enjoy it and I would welcome it, but some other arse will be put on the throne in his stead gold yes. this is the problem of course Michael, it's like the evil never ends really Michael Gove or Dishy Rishi possibly with uh, coming up the outside lane Pretty Patel oh god Pretty Patel Oh, I don't think she'd make it I don't think she'd get the vote <laughs> <laughs> but if she did that would be so it's a that would be it, we're leaving Britain. It's a horrifying prospect. Yeah. Well, free Wales or we'll go and live in Ireland. Yeah. And uh, as far away from the the troubles in the north, which are about to unfold with renewed intensity. Yeah. <laughs> maybe. Or just buy a boat and just go and live in the middle of the sea somewhere, maybe. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> See if Elon Musk will take us to Mars with him. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> It's shit, it is. So, yes, the uh, the downfall of Johnson isn't going to save us from uh, evil, unfortunately, but um, we, we have slightly different opinions about this. I, th I think it would be more of a win than, than you do. So we talked about this this morning. Yeah. Because so much of the, the evil doings of Johnson, uh, you know, the, the rest of the Tories are all complicit. I mean, especially this... this um, alleged uh, comment about letting the bodies pile up rather than mm. um, bothering mm. with another lockdown. Yeah. Um, they all did that. They're all in on that. Yeah. Uh, so they're all tarred with the same brush. <laughs> yeah. And I know the new guy will come in and say, we're having a clean sweep, we're going to get rid of the terrible corruption, and wasn't Johnson awful, we're going to be better. But, you know, they're just as bad. They did it all too. Yeah. So, all and the, the truth of the matter is that whatever phrase he actually used to de declare his intentions just to let people die... Um, his, his actions were that he did let the bodies pile up. Yeah. Uh, so whatever, whatever, how we actually said it, uh, he, he did actually do that. And that is, that should be the thing that brings him down rather than the exact phrase he used to express this. The fact that yeah. he actually did it. But meanwhile, the press are, are pursuing the, the possibly dead cat or red herring, maybe, of... of uh, who paid for the flat, uh, flat who, furnishings? Who paid for the, the curtains, you know? Yeah. And isn't it terrible 
Oh, the, the corruption. The corruption is awful, <laughs> yeah. So well, is have it, you not noticed the rest of the corruption then? Yeah. Isn't it terrible <laughs> that, that uh, um, uh, Johnson's uh, fiancée, Carrie Simmons, as she called, has such terrible taste. Uh, uh, said we've <laughs> got to change it because we've got Theresa May's decorations and it's all very John Lewis. So all kind of people who think John Lewis is sort of like top end posh <laughs> suddenly realise. Really pissed off. <laughs> suddenly realise that to a certain strata of society, it's it's oikish and vulgar. <laughs> you know, so you can have hours and hours of news time devoted to that. But have you seen the picture of what they actually want to put there? Something really sick. Oh my god! I saw it on one of the sh- oh, the shows this morning, and it's like it couldn't be more hideous. Wow, there's this bold, I think it's like a red and grey pattern, right? And the sofa is exactly the same as the wallpaper. Oh, yeah. So it like, it's like basically he's paying all this money so he can camouflage his sofa to blend in with the wall. In, so it all looks hideous. It's just, it's like, when I saw the photograph of what they want to spend all this money on, it's like, oh, my God. They're going to go colour blind. <laughs> I mean, meanwhile, while this is uh, consuming uh, uh, press attention and public attention, you've got the fucking idiotic uh, uh, re- launch, you might say, of the the aircraft carrier. Oh God, all of that as well. Uh, which yeah. they got. Oh. Well, there's a few British planes. In a previous podcast, I said they had no planes because at one point they had no planes. Now they've got a few. But they're having to make up the shortfall with American planes. They don't have the support vessels to protect against submarines and air attack. Or, or to, to, to carry fuel and, and supplies. Uh, and you need a lot of supplies because there's thousands, there's over, there's over a thousand crew members on the damn thing. So they've got Dutch and American support vessels. And they're heading off to the South China Sea. And as Nick Robinson put it, the uh, the Union Jack is fluttering magnificently, which made me actually kind of sick. If you want to know where uh, that particular commentator is coming from, it's all there in that comment. And the ramping up of the, the Cold War with China. The, the, the pandemic in, in, in India, absolutely out of control. Yeah. Me, meanwhile, some developed nations are still not, not waiving patent rights on uh, on vaccines. The world economy is in a pickle, <laughs> just for the change. Yeah. Brexit is an utter, utter, utter disaster. Yeah. But never mind, Carrie Simmons has got great taste. <laughs> yeah. So I do think it's got a certain, certain dead, dead cat element in it. And the Tories, uh, traditionally, have now compunction about knifing somebody in the back, a leader or a minister, when they're no longer useful to them in their perception. They did it to Mrs Thatcher, the absolute hero of neoliberalism. Yeah, the, the most, most reactionary original thinker they've ever had since the 19th century. And then after in the back when, when her popularity was dropping. Yeah. And meanwhile, look at I mean the, the corruption over the the what I call what I call Mussolini fascism. 
of the entanglement of state and corporation, which has been exemplified by the, the number of dodgy contracts for PPE and vaccine rollout and the, and the number of the, old, the, the complete old boy network now completely exposed. It was always there though, it's been there for fucking decades. In fact, forever. You know, the East India Company <laughs> was, was an example of that. But, uh, you know, where are the news items about that? I mean, they'll go on about one particular contract, or they'll go on about James Dyson, you know, or about David Cameron having this close association with Lex Greensill. I knew he said Lex Luthor. Lex Greensill. <laughs> Same difference. You know, and all that. And they'll pick on one. But who's exposing the pattern? Who's exposing the underlying structure and system? And yet, where, 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 where are the comments? Where is the comment? Where is the comment in our mainstream media exposing this Mussolini-style entanglement? They'll pick on odd, odd items. And then, you know, the, the, the great kind of sofa curtain saga can eclipse those particular um, items, which are far more serious. Yeah. And even when they do pick out those items, when they go on about James Dyson or um, Alex Greensill, they omit to expose the pattern. And you're getting a little bit of it now, but even people... Even people... Um, in the, in the new independent media, media not giving a very clear analysis of how that works. And whereas we, with no resources, did precisely that with, by simply looking at the documents surrounding government policy on outsourcing and the input of Serco, massive outsourcing company, into that uh, policy making. You know, obviously over the water, I think, um, for, for detailed forensic fact-based analysis, you've got people like the Grey Zone, you know, there's Max Blumenthal, Ben Norton, Aaron Matei, doing very, very good work. Uh, very detailed and, and fact-based. If you want to think about that kind of thing, it's very hard to uh, to get out the bubble. And that bubble needs to burst in such a way that it sprays public discourse and the public domain with an exposure of this, this absolutely awful and malignant system that's killing us all. So I kind of think, well anything that discomforts Boris Johnson is cool. And I do like the fact that they, that, you know, they are prone, the ruling class are prone to fight each other. They are factionalised. We tend to think of them as a monolith. And that might be a problem with, with uh, using uh, class warfare or class struggle as an analytical category with insufficient care. I do think it's an indispensable analytical category. But I think it requires, like, detail and nuance. They're not a monolith, they're after each other. And, and that leads me to uh, a theory that I uh, saw this morning, which I thought uh, was quite possible, 
is the reason why the uh, the, uh, the the cash cash for curtains <laughs> or uh, cash for cutting cushions cash for cushions <laughs> cash for cushions cash for cushions I, I have to uh, credit that to uh, uh, Jonathan Pye yeah. his uh, comedic take on this I thought it was very good that's what that was his title <laughs> brilliant um, the reason why um, this is being singled out in the corruption arena is because this one's entirely on Johnson. So the other Tories can't go down with it like they can with all the other ones. So yeah. like, say, for instance, if Gove is behind this or contributing highly to it because he wants to be the next prime minister, he wants something he can take down Johnson with that he didn't have a connection to himself. Mm-hmm. So that, that yeah. could be why. Yeah. And the BBC has had a directive. Oh, concentrate on the cushions. <laughs> yeah, the mad on it. Yes, and, and also this particular uh, quote is attributed to Johnson. Although, yeah. of course, they all did it, but they want to pin it on him. He's denied it, of course. Well, of course he has. Yeah. yeah, with great sincerity, I'm sure. Yeah. I mean, meanwhile, another meanwhile... Well, the dead cat is uh, attracting flies on the kitchen table. The Peter Stefanovic's uh, short video cataloguing a host of Johnson lies uh, with chapter and verse. And nobody's tried to sue him as far as I know, so he's pretty sure of his ground. Has now, as of, as of yesterday, I think, had 13 million views. Good on him. Yeah. But uh, did you say the BBC had actually played this as well? They didn't play it, but they they, they mentioned it. They, they said they fact-checked it. Fact -checked it, hadn't that, they? That, well, again, this is Nick Robinson. He says, well, to tell you the truth, we um, we don't make a song and dance about it, but we actually have got a fact-checking unit, and you can find it on blah, 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 www somewhere. And we've fact-checked all of the, this, this stuff. And I kind of think, well, why didn't you make a song and dance about it? You know, it, 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 it's it's like it's, it's just this constant lying. I mean, lying has always been a part of politics, but it, it, it's it's like, as I say, to, to the extent that we have like metaphysical corruption or epistemological corruption, that there's no fucking working concept of truth operating in the public fucking domain, in the public dis the discursive sphere. None. It's been destroyed. And it's, it's almost that we're... Okay. Philosophers do things, then econo economists pick it up, then they, then they simplify it for think tanks, then think tanks start hassling uh, legislators, and eventually something gets through. But you know, it's like, unfortunately, it needs some, an original revisit of all of that matter of you know, what is truth, what is knowledge, what is legitimate discourse. What is illegitimate discourse? What more fully is the nature of rhetoric, propaganda? What is its nature actually on the ground? As we see it with Cambridge Analytica and the Daily Mail and Johnson lying through his teeth. You know. Just for anyone who doesn't know what we're talking about, describe that video. I mean, there might be somebody who hasn't seen it who's listening to well, this. Well, the guy is Peter Stefanovich. He's a union guy. I think it's the CWU. Down to, quote me on that, Communication Workers Union, I think. And he's, he's kind of... <laughs> he's a bloke. He's like a teddy with a rag. 
And uh, he's of the opinion, uh, like we are, that when politicians lie, they should be called to account and that we need political life in which the truth counts as a value. So he's catalogued Johnson speaking in Parliament and on news outlets and so forth. And then he stops the video and says, that's a lie, here's why. Then he gives you chapter and verse as to what the actual truth of the matter is. And he's put a number of these things together in a video. And it goes the rounds on Twitter and it's probably on YouTube somewhere. And he's, he's, he says, you know, please retweet, let's get as many people seeing this as possible. And it's, it's going in about an extra million views every couple of days. And it's up to 13 million at the moment. I mean, if he keeps pursuing it, everybody on the electoral register will have seen it by the time of the next election. And if they're not disgusted, they're beyond hope. Yeah. And our country's beyond hope. And, and our world's beyond hope. Also, speaking of elections, this is very good timing because you're just about to have the Scottish and Welsh elections. Yeah, and, and local mayors and council yeah. elections. So if the Tories but are having a, yeah, the <laughs> a bad time in the polls, this is good yeah. for good good timing. They're going to be huge indicators, those, those uh, elections for the devolved parliaments. Yeah. Oh, yeah, by the way, uh, Eileen Foster resigned. I think it was yesterday afternoon or this morning. From the uh, DUP, she's head of the DUP and first minister of the Stormont Northern Ireland devolved parliament. And she's basically been pushed out. Oh yeah, I hadn't really uh, um, taken the full story of that in this morning, so yeah. well, why has she been pushed out? I think it's like the, the, the Brexit dealings and, oh I don't know, there's just a lot of ins and there's a lot of tension within that party. And of course this is in the run-up to a pretty crucial election yeah. given the, the the state of northern ireland after the uh, the brexit debacle uh, which incidentally we were predicting in 2015 but there you go yeah. <laughs> and they uh, they put funnel loads and loads of money into uh, getting people to vote for brexit well they did actually yeah because and this, that's an interesting story and uh, I'm actually reading about that now in a book by Peter Georg Hagan. I think he's an, a guy from. I think he's a guy from Northern Ireland. Excellent investigative reporter. Written a book called Democracy for Sale, and it's about the role of dark money in our elections. And he goes into Cambridge Analytica and the Brexit, and so forth. And because there are some rules in the UK about money spent on political campaigns, with caps on how much you can spend. But not in Northern Ireland. And so by funneling money, somebody, and Peter Gilgan does identify the person, was channeling money to the Brexit campaign through the DUP. And the DP, DUP was giving like loads and loads of money because they're very pro-Brexit. Being mad on the British sovereignty, UK sovereignty. Uh, to to to, yeah. to a, a degree of fetish that is not actu not actually understandable by English people, ordinary English middle class working class people, just don't understand that degree of fanaticism about the flag and the royal family, you know. And uh, and the reason why that was able to happen was because of the troubles in Northern Ireland. 
if you publish the name of a donor to a political party, you might well be signing their death warrant. It might, that might well, you, you are in a sense doxing them, right? And that could, you could get them murdered. So the, the, the rules in Northern Ireland are different from elsewhere in the UK regarding donations to parties because in the rest of the UK a donation to a party has to be declared and it's on a public record, it's on a register. You know, so they were able to funnel loads and loads and loads of money into the Brexit campaign through the DUP. It was more money than the DUP ever, ever sees because quite a small party in a small administrative area, you know, Northern Ireland's three million people or something, is it that kind yeah. So that was interesting. And of course that's not going notice. I mean Peter Georg again is is an alternative journalist and he does have a book out and I think it is getting read. But where it's not in the mainstream. You ain't gonna read that in the Daily Mail or even in the Guardian I doubt, you know. Or maybe in the Guardian occasionally. All the Northern Irish who've been totally shafted by Brexit and know that that it was it, it was down to the yeah. DUP would be a little bit annoyed and maybe wouldn't vote for them. Yeah, so I think that some of this some of this shit has stuck to Ms. Foster. So so I'm again there there again. This 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 is very interesting. But yeah, I'll take it. And anything that discomforts Johnson, I will enjoy the Schadenfreude. And the reason why I think, even though when Johnson goes down, a new evil will rise, of course, but <laughs> it is evil. going to, I feel, it, it will damage the Conservatives, not just Johnson. And no matter how much the next person swears blind that they're kind of uh, yeah. uh, pure as the driven snow compared yeah. to Johnson, uh, because a lot of people were taken in by Johnson, who's an excellent... Uh, Acts very good at his lies and his, you know, his, his, uh, his fake sincerity. I mean, he really, I've got to give it to him, he's really good at that. <laughs> and, um, you know, all the kind of passion and the conviction of how wonderful Brexit was going to be, even though he knew it wasn't going to be. Yeah. I, you know, he knew. Um, and what the real motives behind all of that were, he knew, yeah. he knew really. Um, and the people who were taken by that, especially the kind of the, the die-hard Boris supporters who truly believe he's a good bloke and the Conservatives are going to make our lives better and Brexit's fantastic and all that sort of stuff. Now, if a portion, hopefully, of those people can wake up just a little bit yeah. and realise that they've been conned, they are not going to believe the next bloke who comes along and lies to them with the same kind of sincerity, yeah. maybe quite so easily. Yeah. I mean, there could be wishful thinking, yeah. but I'm just thinking that that is a hope that yeah. maybe they would be a little bit less gullible next time. Yeah. I mean, it's basically corruption-style allegations, uh, founded allegations, you know, that were found proven that sort of brought John, John Major down. Tony Blair had some of this. You know, Labour are not exempt from this. It's, poli it's, the, it's the political process itself that we've got. We're discomforted by it. So every now and then it happens. And they have a report, they'll commission a report or a commission. And it'll make some vague suggestions. They might even change the rules a bit. I mean, there are rules, but they're so crap and vague and, and useless that they can get away with what they like. 
I mean, what we see now that's unique is a new level of impunity. You know, but, but bon, Johnson, because it's what he's done all his life, doesn't try to hide it. And blatantly lies in Parliament, like, all the time. Yeah. And well, this is turning, like, uh, Parliament into, into just a, a massive joke where any, any, <laughs> any question that is asked... It's just met with like some sort of like, yeah. like just some bluster and some grandstanding did, yeah, and well, not not even an attempt mm, at mm, answering the question. Mm. They just stand up, blather, <laughs> sit down, job done. Yeah, I watched yesterday's PMQs, some of it. Didn't watch it all of it. Yeah, that was but, a bit kind of flamethrower early, wasn't it? Yeah, and Starmer did sort of have a go. I'll give him that. But yeah, Johnson, and, and Blackford did, did quite well as well. I didn't see that bit. Didn't he say to him, oh, you're a lawyer or yeah. something? He said, I am not allowed to call the PM a liar under parliamentary rules, so I will have to ask him, are you a liar, Mr Johnson? <laughs> I can't do the accent, otherwise yeah. that would sound much better. He, he's such a bruiser, that guy, isn't he? <laughs> yeah. He really is an absolute brawler. But, I mean, he didn't answer any of the questions that Starmer asked him. He just turned... He answered one. I think he answered one question. Well, he just said, I deny it. I paid for it myself. I paid for the flat myself. Yeah, no, it was about the, uh, you know, did you did you say the bodies could pile up? And he said no. He said yes. One of the commentators I, uh, I, I look at every morning, he said, I nearly fell off my seat because Johnson actually answered a question for the first time that I can remember. Yeah. <laughs> really. <laughs> but uh, Parliament was always a joke, by the way. <laughs> Yeah, I guess so. But, a lot of, but it, it really is it's ridiculous these days. It's, it's a whole new order of joke. Well, it, yeah, that's It may true. as well not even like be functioning at all. Yeah, a, a lot of things are, are, are just more out in the open. But not if all you do is read the Daily Mail or listen to Radio 4. And even there, you're going to get a sniff of it. Because they have turned on him to some degree, haven't they? I mean, I think Nick Robinson's saying, well, actually, we fact-checked all this stuff. And I'm swearing at the radio, saying, well, why didn't you say something about it then? Why didn't, you know? <laughs> yeah. Did uh, Starmer say something like, um, millions of people are sh uh, like watching their TVs every week, shouting, answer the question! <laughs> Did, I don't know. <laughs> I, don't, I don't recall, but maybe he should do, shouldn't he? It just turned it into a party political broadcast, knowing that there's these elections uh, uh, are on the anvil at the moment. But my thought is, you know, uh, we, we've seen it before. When you're an old git like me, you've seen you've seen this kind of thing uh, uh, several times before in British politics and US politics. It's twice as rampant, and the, the amounts of money. Her orders of magnitude greater. And, and really, we've got to change the system. <laughs> we've, got to, we've got to revolutionise the system. We've got to uproot all this old kind of bollocks. And in the UK, that means you've got to get from under the weight of inverted commas tradition or the feudal remnants really act as a kind of an anchor on this totally useless political system you know the, the queen the respect for aristocracy all the mumbo jumbo of parliament first past the post uh, lack, lack of any kind of people's input 
in parts of life where it matters, such as work and employment. And until that happens, we're going to continue to be screwed. Curtains or no curtains. But yeah, if he's discomforted, cool. This is my uh, my Christmas wish, is that a lot of this is happening because he picked a fight with Cummings. Oh yeah, there's that, I forgot about uh, that. And, um, <laughs> Bad I can't remember what it is, but there's some sort of inquiry that has, uh, Cummings has volunteered to come and give evidence to, which is, I, I can't remember what day it is, but it's happening quite soon. What, to a parliamentary commission on expenses and that kind of stuff, is it? It's something it's one, like that, but it, basically he's, he's, is he's it one got of the committees. It's one of the really committees, good isn't platform. It? to come out and absolutely stick the knife in. And this is the, my Christmas wish, is that he doesn't just take Johnson down, but he must have lots of dirt on all the other uh, <laughs> top Tories as well. Because yeah. we know he has no love for the Tories, but let's, let's not forget that famous video yeah. where he, he said openly that the, the Tories don't care about people or, or, or their health yeah. or their yeah. well-being or, yeah. or they don't care about the NHS. Yeah. No, he said that. Yeah, neither does he. Well, neither does he. <laughs> yeah. But, um, um, but he's not going to try and protect them. I don't think hmm. he's got no love for the Tories. That's what I'm saying. He's got he's got no yeah. love for them. He's not going to try and protect their honour. Let's put it that way, yeah. is he? No. Although his extremely rich father-in-law could be quite annoyed with him for doing that. <laughs> Maybe. I think the Tories are too left-wing for his father-in-law. Yeah. He thinks that aristocrats are a superior kind of people because they have ancient families and a bloodline and they, uh, you know, they practice eugenics. You know, they, uh, they, they pair up their sons and daughters like you might do if you were like breeding racehorses. And that this produces superior people. And he actually believes that and preaches it. The truth is, of course, is that they inbreed like fuck. And the most intelligent of them have got about three brain cells. They know how to make money and they know how to kind of assert their privilege and that's about it. Nice sweeping statement there <laughs> for our viewers and listeners. And uh, what's happening with our, um, our, I'm going to say, Cold War with China? I mean, if we've just... Um, Sent off the uh, the the uh, the war machines. Maybe it's not quite so cold. How's all that going? And have, has China kind of piled up with the Russians yet to provide a united front against us? <laughs> well, they're doing it, as far as I know. I haven't got any more information to uh, to to add to what I did in my uh, Cold War on China podcast. Which was a bit long, I think like an hour and a half or something. It's uh, well worth listening to, by the way. I mean, you think oh, that you know that might that might pass you by, thinking oh, it doesn't affect uh, me, but uh, <laughs> oh, you'd be surprised how much yeah. it does. Yeah. Anyway, there's a, a little bit of a, a short and sweet snapshot of all the stuff that we talked about this morning and yesterday. I hope everyone found that interesting and hopefully useful as well. And we'll speak to you again soon. Make knowledge great again.